Testing, this is Dominic Morris coming at you with another Inside of Food Maps where we talk to you about sports, pop culture, and a lot more other stuff. There's been a subject that's been deep on my mind, and it's the subject about Ed Reed. Ed Reed, as you know, is a Hall of Famer, a longtime Baltimore Ravens safety. Some people consider him the best safety ever. Well, just in the way of the Deion Sanders news um, of Jackson State, Ed Reed, he decided uh, pretty much a few months ago to accept the job at Bethune-Cookman as the next head coach. This story is very, very interesting, and I would like to break it down bit by bit. So let's try to get into it. Okay, so Ed Reed, he agreed to a handshake agreement to become the coach of Bethune-Cookman College, but his coaching contract was not finalized. So when he signed up to be to agree to be the coach, him and his people was going through negotiations, but he agreed to act as the head coach, the, pretty much the interim head coach. So he had a big plan for recruitment. Uh, he was recruiting college. He was recruiting high school students from California, and he was doing the job for a good three weeks before uh, before uh, infamous Instagram Live. And then in that Instagram Live, he broke down that there's facilities wasn't good. Uh, the students was complaining about the student body was complaining about uh, non communication with the with the uh, the board of directors and the leadership at but uh, BCU. And he pretty much aired him out. And when he aired him out, those two live streams, he said that the condition is weak, uh, no practice field. Pretty much blasting him. Uh, was it right? No, but was it? Was he telling the truth? Yeah. Um, but anyway, after that, after that's been said, the higher ups at Bethune Cookman College, specifically Reggie Theus, who's the athletic director. Uh, dismissed him, so they didn't honor his contract, and they said that not fire, but that they're not going to hire him, and that caused a big storm media wise, like big think pieces on Twitter, big uh, all pretty much the major news outlets. They kind of picking sides. A lot of people said that Ed Reed was emotional, and if you air out your employer before you get the job, you should get fired. But then there was a lot of people saying that man. Look at every character, you know, look at his passion. Let's talk about what he's talking about, but not how he's saying it. And I got to take the latter approach because if you think about it, like Ed Reed, through the history of his playing career and uh, his his professional career, you never heard anything bad about him. You never heard anything about like emotional outbursts and stuff. So for him to be that riled up, he's really uh, crusading for something. So I don't think I think what's going on is he exposing a dark secret that's within HBCUs. And that dark secret is how a lot of administrators within HBCUs are misappropriating funds. And I don't just say that just to say it. I say it because there's been many, many accounts of alumni of um former former employers of HBCUs that called out just uh, misappropriation, you know, uh, under fees, 
um, not being paid on time, like just little stuff like that. And I think what Ed Reed did, him being such a high profile, is that he called out the system and the system kind of don't want to be out there. And I say that because there was the president, the interim president of BCU. He went on Roland Martin show and his take, he didn't address anything of what Ari was talking about. He was just saying that, you know, the attitude, the cursing, the, the music, and he was just saying that his, his uh, attitude was in our place. But when he was trying to address the, you know, the, the school facility, student bodies not be able to talk to him, he, he pretty much dismissed it. So I feel like every he's, I feel like these celebrities coming in to change the HBCUs, they, the HBCUs has to be ready for it. I mean, case in point with, um, I believe his name is Courtney and uh, the, the athletic director for Jackson State. He pretty much gave Deion Sanders the, you know, the opening to, change things up in Jackson and I think that blueprint was trying to be replicated with Ed Reed but I don't think BCU really had all their ducks in a row for that to happen you have another thing too you have a conflict of interest so Reggie Theus a long time played for the Sacramento Kings coach for the Sacramento Kings a long time NBA player analyst coach general manager He's now taking a helm as the athletic director for Bethune-Cookman. But here's the thing. He's the head basketball coach as well. So I feel like if Ed Reed is coming into the mix, I feel like that might have caused friction with uh, Reggie Theus, you know, because he's a kind of celebrity on his own right. But you have a higher profile guy, respectively, in the a, in a sport of football that's going to come in with his own ideas. And it is a conflict of interest because, like, we're talking about Division One athletic program. It should you should have enough resources or at least bandwidth to have a athletic director and a head coach so they can focus on their their ex- expertise. Or if it is a tool, you have to be open enough to kind of work with all the sports programs so that that could thrive and still focus on being a basketball coach. But I think that's that's a big issue right there. The the athletic director slash head basketball coach as in one role. And then the fact that the board of trustees and the student body are in friction. So it's been reported a couple months ago that the student body president has not have any contact with the um with the board chair or any of the presidents of BCU and they want to address the the, the uh, facilities, the school facilities, conditions, um, just all a list of issues, the dorms and the living conditions for the student body and a lot of the stuff that's been brewing out way before Ed Reed came. And I think Ed Reed, one, he wants to change like Dion did, but two, he wants to kind of be that voice for the student body that's kind of been kind of been blank. So just to fast forward now today, currently he, he apologized, Ed Reed apologized for the live, but he went on to, um, he went on to a Roland Martin show. Roland Martin is a political analyst, you know, he worked at CNN and as well as TV one. And he's like the perfect platform for the merger of that, that, uh, you know, education and then, uh, sports pop culture. So 
He brought on the interim president to tell his side. Then he brought on Ed Reed. And the thing about Ed Reed on there, he I got what he was saying, but it didn't really come off too well, if I could just be completely honest. And I could tell he was like just overwhelmed with listening to the interim president kind of talk bad about him and, and not address the issues. And it kind of came out like he was kind of rational, you know, so it didn't really look in the best of light. But then he followed it up with a live where Deion Sanders came in and vouched for him. But the current standings is that Ed Reed is still not the coach of BCU. BCU. And now BCU is kind of under the microscope of, like, if they're going to be able to talk to Ed Reed one, but talk about what's going on with the, the campus and why. So that's where it's at right now. And I feel like that – I feel like that – um this is like the perfect time right now to really kind of come together and really us as a black people think like what will be the best way to move forward in our HBCUs because in 2020 it was a mission to uplift and you know the Alabamas and Georgias and Ohio States is taking all our best players but when we have talent that's want to come to these schools we got to kind of make way for it. And I personally think that there's a lot of people that's been really content with the status quo being a status quo, meaning students is getting underpaid. I mean, not not getting the full service of what they're paying for. And the people in the middle is able to kind of take that money. And I feel like that's wrong. So I look at HBC, I look at the grand scheme of things like, Man, this can definitely be done. I feel like professionals, uh, whether they're in the sport of football, basketball, who's in the front office, I feel like if we really want to make a change, those professionals are going to have to replace the professionals that's currently in the, these athletic director roles at these HBCUs. And then the board of trustees and, and, and people like that need to be replaced by thorough entrepreneurs that's looking to make change. I mean, and that's the only way we're going to have to go about change is we're going to have to have a real commitment to making a change. I remember Deion Sanders said something that was very, um, it was very like, it, it stuck out to me. He was on a 60 minute interview and he said, I'm just waiting for, you know, a billionaire, a millionaire to come and say what you want. Meaning like, Hey, like, man, Deion Sanders, he prime, he got that vision, I believe, but he just need a, a backer, a financial backer to say, hey, i.e. T. Boo Pickens in Arkansas and, I'm sorry, uh, what is he, Ohio State, Ohio, I mean, Oklahoma with um, uh, Jerry Jones, Arkansas, Phil Knight, Oregon, to uh, uh, the guy from Under Armour, University of Maryland, where they say, hey, this is my school, this is what I back. Here's $100 million endowment and make it happen. Then then and only then will change happen. Uh, in the meantime, you'll have people, you know, trying to get what they can with what they got. And that leads to the, the, the departure, I think, of why Dion ultimately left. Because you feel like this was a change that wasn't going to be long enough for one of my sons to, you know, go through their go through their senior year, and two, they don't know if it's going to actually change in this whole time of him wanting to coach. So, I mean, it's a 
systemic problem. You know, if you want to look at the beginning of HBCUs um, from where they are now, you know, uh, athletic-wise, you had the height in the 1950s and 60s. And actually, you're going to talk about football. That's more of like the 70s, 80s. But you're going to talk about like baseball, 40s, 50s. And then basketball, it was kind of early on in the 50s because that had a little more integration. But if you look at the very first... The very first players of the NFL, African-American players, they came from the SWAC, the MEAC. They came from HBCU schools. And if you look at some of the greatest players in NFL history, they held from HBCUs. Look at Walter Payton, Jackson State. You look at Jerry Rice, Mississippi Valley, Terrell Owens, Michael Strahan. You look at some of the first, Doug Williams, first back quarterback, Grambling. And then you look at the most historic coach ever, like the most winningest coach in, in, in college in NCAA history, A.D. Robinson, held at Gremlin. That's, a, that's something that's very rarely talked about. You know, he talked about Joe Paterno, but he actually gave his props to A.D. Robinson of how much he did. And all everybody like to talk about in the South, like during that era, you know, um, uh, Bear Bryant, Paul Bryant. You know, the Alabama coach, but Eddie Robinson had more wins in his tenure than him. And I don't think Alabama wanted to face up against Gremlin during those times. So Gremlin had some players, and everybody knew it. It was like the best kept secret up in the South, up in college sports. And I, I applaud Dion for kind of starting that wave. He's like, hold up, man. Like, when I went to Florida State, Florida State wasn't nothing until I came through, and now everybody else wants to come to Florida State. Now, you're 20, 30 years later, Florida State is a big, powerful program. And he's saying, let's do the same thing for Jackson State. Flip the number one recruit, Travis Hunter. And that's that could have started a trend. And I feel like that missing ingredient of having that that business guy, that that entrepreneur, that, that billionaire, multimillionaire to say, hey, Dion, what do you want? I like what you're doing. Here's this. Go run with it. And I feel like that I kept it. So, like, I feel like if we really want to have something for ourselves, man, we got to pay it for it. And then for Ed Reed, it's a more curious case because the, the the system is a little more corrupt, in my opinion, of that school than what it was at Jackson State. And Jackson State, you know, they dealt with a water crisis. They dealt with, you know, being one of the brokest states in the country. But BCU is a classic example of what a lot of alumni and people that I went there uh, go through is saying that the, stu- the administration doesn't care about the student body. And I feel like they picked the right one in Ed Reed because he called it out. He didn't go with the administration. Now, takeaways. Okay, so Ed Reed is out looking for a job. I think. Who looks bad? Who looks worse in this situation? Ed Reed or BCU? I say BCU because think about it. Like, why would another coach coming in? Who's like, who's going to be an interim coach, right? Like, that's going to be a tough job. You're going to have to go with your recruits. And it says as an organization, as a as a school, an institution, that you won't honor a person contract when they already started working for you. Like, it kind of, I don't know, it looks it looks a little bad. And then for Ed Reed, you know, it is an opportunity. It's his first head coaching job. But 
I feel like if he just addresses, you know, how it was, I think he could definitely bounce back for it. But BCU, it's a, it's a whole different thing. But I want to know what you think. You know, I'll, I'll stop going. This is just my mind goes. Uh, it goes so deep in this topic of HBCU merging with athletics. Uh, I could talk a lot more about it, but I want to hear what you got to say. So I'm gonna put this as a part one. I'm gonna come back part two with a little more, a little more stuff to add. Uh, you could reach me anywhere you want to find podcasts, and I'll talk to you next time.